Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen, Carlos Basquire, and Alex King here on this Tuesday, December the 11th, 2018. It's 4 p.m. New York time, 1 p.m. Los Angeles time, 9 p.m. in London and in Sydney, Australia. It's 8 a.m. Good morning, Sydney. We are here live streaming once again to the Facebook Law of Attraction Change My Life group where we're going to be doing another Q&A. Uh, inviting people who are members of the group to bring whatever issues or questions or comments or thoughts or insights they have about applying the law of attraction in their own lives and uh, all of us doing it in each other's lives and so on and so forth. Well, I guess we don't really do it in each other's lives, but we kind of do. We, we share our energy. That's 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 a good part. But, exactly. Uh, but by all means, yeah, right. You know, so, but, but by all means, please post your questions if you're listening to the live stream because uh, that's what this particular session is all about. We've been doing a lot of Q&As lately, and we get more and more people asking questions. So that's a signal to us to keep offering more Q&As, and so that's what we're doing. So, uh, guys, how you doing? Carlos, I can see you're, you're getting your calisthenics in, you're stretching, you're ready to go, you're warming up. <laughs> yeah. Good I, thing. Just uh, trying to get limber here, getting ready for these questions, you know. <laughs> see, see, it's appropriate, because I just got back from work out of the gym, and I, I just joined a gym for the first time in a long time, and uh, so, you know, doing calisthenics is a good thing, and, you know, I, the only yeah. thing I haven't figured out, I haven't got my personal trainer to explain to me what calisthenics I should be doing to warm up for answering law of attraction questions. But I'll bring that up in the next <laughs> session. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just got out of the car for, I was in the car for a couple hours, so that's why. Oh, yeah. I try to, try to stay, uh, you know, good posture. It's good, uh, you know, makes you feel good, you know, when you can stand up straight. <laughs> Absolutely. And Alex, uh, how you Thank doing? You. You're looking gorgeous with your hair there. You've done something different. I'm not sure what it is. It's blue. It's just blue. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I like it though. It might go back to purple, so we'll see. Well, it, I mean, it works we'll let it nice. Marinate. It works nicely with your jacket. I mean, it, it's a nice color combination. It has a beautiful presentation oh, on these screen. These are my PJs. Oh, your PJs. Oh, okay. PJs. So yeah. you know, so not only are you color coordinated, but you're relaxed. That's really good. I'm very relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I take it you've been having a a good week and had a good weekend and so forth. I did, yep, yep. Yeah, I can tell. It's all over your face. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're a lousy poker player. You just give away all your tells. Yeah. Oh, I'm a great poker player. Are you really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to be insulting. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. So how was your week, Walt? It's been improving, actually. Um, as That's most good. listeners know, uh, my wife has been dealing with some medical issues, and she's showing improvement. Um the medication Great. that she's on is helping a lot, and uh, she's actually able to get up and do things for parts of the day. So, yeah, it's definitely improvement. Um, in fact, I mentioned a couple of podcasts this week so far that uh, on Saturday she came into the bedroom at one point during the afternoon and uh, l- looked at me and said, I feel like my old self again. Which was like Aww. great news to hear, you know. I mean, it, it, yeah. it doesn't last all day long, but it's like even just to have a chunk of the day that's like that. Oh, after what we've been yeah. going through, that's that's fabulous news. So yeah, things are looking up. Things are looking really good. Plus, well, we that's just, great news. We just got somebody in to, to clean the house, so I mean, all the dust is gone. I mean, it, it, life is good. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, let's see. Do we have anybody asking questions? Yep. Yeah, well, we got people saying hello. Greetings from Romania. Oh wow, Valeriu. Thank Hi, you for Romania. T- yeah, fabulous. And Deidre's here. Hi, Deidre. Just friended her yesterday. That was great. Um, she's a friend of Nasha's, actually. And uh, ooh, improvement. Yeah, that's that's what uh, Deidre's saying. Yeah, lots of improvement. I love the improvement. It's a good thing. So uh, I think we'll probably have to warm them up because they aren't they aren't asking yeah. questions yet. But that's okay. We can do that. Well, I had a. Uh... Well, it wasn't my question, but I think I saw that you responded to this question on the group. Um, and, yeah, I kind of wanted to chat about it if we didn't have a question yet. But yeah, was, sure. The question was, uh, if I, and this is not verbatim, so uh, forgive me if I, if I screwed <laughs> up. But it was something about how do I believe in the law of attraction even if it's never worked for me or something like that. You remember that question? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. It's a good question. Right, so... It was a great question. So, like, um, you know, I just thought I've, I've been thinking about I've been thinking on it. And for me, it was just um, I think there is like a disconnect when um, 
because you're right. Well, I think Walt had said something along the lines of, well, you already have used the law of attraction or you're already doing it. You know, you just don't. Everything that you bring into your life is manifested good and bad. And so I think that Mm -hmm. sometimes we just have to, like, be able to look back and start to connect those dots, right? Oh, this happened. Okay, well, this was bad. But look, okay, well, then this happened after that. And could I have had this without that oh maybe not okay so you kind of oh okay I, I you know you start to see or you start to oh i was thinking about this at this time and you know this mm-hmm. kind of happened but um because i think that the person was was asking how to kind of be more intentional right oh i'm sure they were yeah i i wasn't trying to answer the whole question with my answer my answer was intended to basically get them to rethink their question uh to, right. to get them to understand that uh when you're asking, well, how do you make the law of attraction work? You're doing it every single day. And, and the way I, I tried to explain it was just look around at your life. I mean, if you have like a p- particular person in your life and you really don't like that person in your life, then ask yourself, how much time do you spend thinking about that person or talking about that person or complaining about that mm-hmm. person or wondering what to do about that person? And then you wonder why the person's in your life. Take well, your attention away from the person. Towards that person. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just stop paying attention. That, that's how you get rid of yeah. the person. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that's, uh-huh. once we understand that part, then it becomes a lot easier, I think, to become a deliberate creator. I think the hard part is becoming a deliberate creator without knowing that that way, that that happens. Because now you're just kind of flying blind. Like, okay, I put out my request. What's happening next? I don't understand. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, that's a good point. I think also, like, um, I don't think that when somebody um, kind of says or, you know, think about it or, or, you know, become obsessed with it and that's how it matters, I don't think that they realize the amount of what you're talking, you know, what you're talking about. It's not, you know, hey, I'm going to think about it every once in a while kind of thing. If you really want to be deliberate about it, you got to talk about it every day. You should be looking, researching, looking it up. You know, just everything that you put, if it's really that what's, what you want, you know, you put in that, that time and then, and start small, right? Like you, you know, don't, don't try to change the world on your first, you know, thing that you want to manifest. Make it something like, um, you know, who knows what's something small. Just, uh, yeah, maybe a job change or something like that. Or like, uh, which some people would consider know, to be huge, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of an, a good example, but uh, I guess you know anything we kind of you know ask the universe for is. Uh, can I have talk, a good maybe? example. I'm What's good, that? Alex. I manifested these PJs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, because uh, what happened was is like six months ago I had bought similar PJs for my dogs. Mm-hmm. and so they have matching PJs, and then, like, a month ago, I was sitting there, and I was like, man, I wish I had they had these in my size, and then walking through Kmart, lo and behold, there they were, <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> gotta buy it. That's <laughs> now a good we're one. <laughs> yep, my dad, my dad used to always do that with a parking spot. That just reminded me of yeah. Target. <laughs> so he would tell me right before we are going into the parking lot, oh, they always save me one here, right here in the front. And no, no, really here, right, right here in the front, right here. And it's, it was crazy because I was like, man, this guy always gets lucky, or, or this guy, you know, for for the most part, has a parking spot all the time right in front. And he was just, but he said it with so much, you know, it's, that's the point. Is you say it with so much confidence, you believe it one hundred, like you just, and that's something that you can easily take the doubt from. You know what I mean? Like, oh, easily, it's, it's something, something small that you can kind of, hey, yeah, there's gonna be one there, but kind of. Uh, so yeah, start with something small, PJs, you know, parking spots, those kind of things, and and kind of grow. Yeah. You know, you don't go to the gym and and start with three hundred pounds either. You know, you got to work right. your way into it. So baby steps. Right. People are telling us where they're from. We've got a listener from Pakistan. We have another one from the Czech Republic. Welcome. I mean. This is just mind blowing wow. how many listeners we have from different countries around the world. <laughs> yeah. I, it just mind. I love the Czech. I love the Czech Republic. Yeah, I've uh, met a few people from. It's there. fantastic. They're, they're very, very cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just continue to be blown away. Um, and Deidre says uh, Nasha is also from Pakistan. Yeah, so we have two people listening from. Pa- well, Nasha's not Pakistan. here yet, I don't think. But uh, two people from Pakistan. That's. I mean, it's so cool. Technology, yeah. technology is a wonderful thing. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm thinking too about uh, the the idea of should you manifest something small or something big or something in between. And I used to believe in the idea of start small. I actually don't think that anymore, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, not. Not that I think you should go for the mansion or, you know, for becoming a multi-billionaire by next year or something like that. I, I don't think necessarily that big, but why not go for something that would really, if it, when it comes through, it would actually be really cool. You know, it'd be a, it'd be a really yeah. big win. You know, so yeah. I, I like the way Abraham says it. Abraham, there was one particular word uh, workshop where they were asked about money. And I think somebody asked, how much money should I ask for? And Abraham says, we think that all of you ask for too little. You should be asking for a minimum of $15 million. Now, how many people actually think to ask for that much? Wow. <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. you know? And so I, I've, I've started making that like my favorite number to go to, $15 million. You know, I might, might yeah. as well just go for the gusto, you know. And and the other thing is, it's not like it has to come in at exactly $15 million. I love, right. for instance, the story that Jack Canfield tells in The Secret, where um, W. Clement Stone was his mentor. And Stone asked him to set a goal that was so high, he didn't even think he could get it. This was in, like, 1980. And in $1980, he was... I think he said he was making eight or nine thousand dollars a year income. So he set a goal of a hundred thousand dollars, which was way beyond anything that he could even hope to make. Had no idea how it was going to happen, and didn't get any million dollar ideas or hundred thousand dollar ideas for the next month or so. And then one day he was in the shower, and a thought came to him that he had written this book and hadn't really sold, hadn't found a publisher, you know, nothing had really come out of it. Um, but he said, "Well, you know." based on how the royalty system worked at that time, if I could make 25 cents a book, you know, so if I sell 400,000 books, that'd be $100,000. Now, he had still no idea how to sell 400,000 books. <laughs> but, he, you know, he, he just kind of dwelt on that for a while and got kind of excited about it. And he also took a $1 bill and he turned it by writing on it, he turned it into a $100,000 bill. And then he posted it on his ceiling. He taped it to a ceiling above his bed so every morning when he woke up, he would see that he had a $100,000 bill. Again, programming his mind and giving him something to, to focus on about you know, achieving his goal. Well, one day he was in the supermarket. And in the supermarket, he saw the National Enquirer at the checkout line. And the way he described it was it was always background. But on that particular day, for some reason, it jumped out at him. And within a very yeah. short time after that, he was giving a talk at a local college and after the talk, a person, a woman came up to him and said, that was a great talk. I'd like to interview you. I'm a writer. And he says, who do you write for? She says, well, I'm mostly a freelancer, but most of my stuff goes to the National Enquirer. <laughs> <laughs> so Twilight Zone music starts playing in his head. He does the interview. Long story short, this, the book is called Chicken Soup for the Soul. It ends up taking no. off. <laughs> It ends up taking off. And did he make $100,000 that year? No, he made $92,355. So he didn't make 100000 Did he care? Absolutely not. That was wonderful. What a fabulous result. Yeah. And then his wife said to him, well, if it works with 100000 you think it'll work with a million? He says, I don't know. I think so. Let's try. The next frame, you, yeah. you see him being handed a check by his publisher for $1 million, which his publisher had signed with a little smiley face next to his signature because it was the first million-dollar check he had ever written in his life. <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether you actually hit the number. It doesn't even matter what the, ma- the number is. Just set the number and make it high so that anything yeah. that you come close to it or even you know within spitting distance of it, who cares? Right. Yeah. If you shoot for fifteen yeah. million to make five million, like woohoo! All right, <laughs> right? It's something you didn't have before. So Absolutely, just be yeah. grateful. Yeah, but yeah, no, that that also goes to like you know the way that you program your mind, and like I, I talked about this on Friday, but I'll, I'll touch on it briefly here again. But just a- asking yourself the right questions, right? Like this guy was like, I I want to make a hundred thousand dollars, so his mind naturally was he says start looking for ways to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, like I said, the mind is very powerful. So finally, until, like you said, a month later, there's like, oh, this book, that might be a good idea. And then his mind, well, how do I get this book to make, make me a million dollars? And his mind started doing the math. Oh, that's right. Like that. 
how I don't know how to sell for how well and, and again it's just like you know how do I do this and then the inquire it's like again it's, it's your, your your brain is searching for these the answers to these questions and those were productive questions like how do I get to this next level and again the, your, your brain's going to fill in those gaps and it might not even be the right way but it's, it kind of gives you some kind of an action to take and through that you know you find you know little avenues and stuff so Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great story. And, and actually, he he said he never knew how it was going to happen. He 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 he, right. he, he kind of inferred. He didn't really talk about it in detail in the movie, but he kind of inferred that he didn't know how it was going to happen. But he kind of gave up on that, and then things started coming to him. And right. that's that's something that's actually I think a good piece of advice because if we t- get too wrapped up in how it's going to happen, we can actually bring our vibration down. Right. Yeah. So that's the argument against. Um, you know, trying to figure out the house. It's what uh, Mike Dooley calls right. the horrible house. So instead of focusing right. on the house, you just focus on the part that gets you excited. Like, what would you, what are you yeah. going to do when you get your $15 million or whatever it is? You know, how are you going to use yeah. your $100,000? <laughs> you know, what are you going to spend it on? You know, what are you going to buy? You're going right. to buy, you're going to buy a house. You're going to buy a car. You're going to take a vacation. What are you going to do? You know, and right. get excited about that. Mm-hmm. And then visualize right. that part. You know that that's how Neville Goddard got his steamship ticket, steamship ticket home back in the 1930s by visualizing right. what it was like to be home on his yeah. mm-hmm. his native island, his his uh, native born island of Barbados. You know, for Christmas, which I think is an interesting <laughs> choice for Christmas, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also have more people saying that they, 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 I think they, we started a trend here to find out, you know, where people are from. So we've got uh, somebody from Dublin, Ireland. Um, who that, uh, well, Anne-Marie, she's from Middletown, just down the road from me. So she's here in Connecticut in the U.S. And I think I saw another one here, too. I'm not spotting it. But, well, Nasha says she's been reading Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah, you and about, uh, you know, 50 million other people. Right. <laughs> I mean that that book series of books just has sold an unbelievable number of copies, um, and I, the thing and I love about that book, all the spinoffs of it, all the spinoffs are crazy. Um, yeah, because I read Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. Mm-hmm. Yep. When I was what sixteen? Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and I believe Jack's actually <laughs> sold the series, so he no longer owns the series. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, he, he made out very nicely. <laughs> yeah, true. yeah, well over fifteen million. Well over. <laughs> so oh, you just no. never know how it's going to work. Just don't try yeah. to do the house. I I used to do the house like crazy, and the house are really bad for you. I can tell you that because yeah. they'll just drag you right down. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. unless you actually unless your your first how works. If your first how works, then it's great, you know. But if your first how doesn't work, then it starts to weigh on you a little bit. And then weighs on you some more, and then a little bit more, and then all of a sudden you're in in that downward spiral thingy, which we don't want to be in. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely right. The uh, the thought happened to me actually. I was just you know how I got into the acting thing was uh, I was doing the stand up, and I was like, man, this is kind of I just had it in my mind. I kind of wanted to get into that, and I wasn't forcing it though, right? I was kind of just. It was, I was thinking about it a lot, and then a friend of mine from high school, who's now a commercial agent, you know, had seen a picture that I posted, and was like, and reached out, you know. And it's nice. Like, and then it just right, it just kind of went into happening, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like I didn't have to try. I mean, and and a lot of you know, that's it's very strange. Like most of the time, you know, you have to go and you, you know, you go on a lot of meetings and those kind of things. But yeah, it's like when it's for you, you know. Just uh, it kind of comes to you, you know. Absolutely. Um, another I person, oh, Elena is is uh, tuning in from Sydney, Australia. So hello, Elena from Elena from Down Under. Morning. And uh, Carlos Nasha is saying hey to you. So. Uh, oh, um, hey Nasha. There you go. <laughs> Nobody's mm-hmm. asking questions. I think I, I think everybody's <laughs> figured out the law of attraction. They they have all the answers now. Maybe we should have them on. They can explain it to us. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Well, since we don't have questions, let's see. What, what are some of the interesting questions we've had to talk about lately that uh, are worthy of, of continued discussion? Um, we had some Neville questions, but I don't think either of you guys are real Neville experts. Um, hmm. What no. else is good? Well, actually, we were having a conversation about um, 
the larger role of religion and spirituality the other day. In fact, Carlos, I think you, you kind of ducked in on that one a little bit. Yeah. 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 And that was kind of interesting because we normally don't go that, that deep into the, into the spiritual side of, mm-hmm. of the whole yeah. topic. It's, it's funny. I mean, the things that, uh, and kind of growing up, I grew up Catholic and went to Catholic school through like, you know, eighth grade. And so, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that was my basis, but mm-hmm. I feel like this happens a lot to a lot of people though. Is like once you kind of grow up with a religion and then you're like, well, I don't know if I, if this one's for me, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, this makes sense to me right. or, um, and then you kind of just fall out of it or you try to find something else that does fit. But yeah, I mean, ultimately I think that, uh, um, you made a, I think you made a point of, of something about, you know, religions kind of really serving their own religion, right? It's like a lot Very of often. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I heard something a long time ago that said kind of religion creates division, you know, sometimes. and You can. Um, it mm. can, yeah. But I think that when people focus on the, the pillars or like the values of, of the religion and not so much uh, who's right and who's wrong, that's when you get the most out of religion. You know what I mean? Like sure. if yeah. you're Buddhist and you... And you follow, and 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 because the, the values of, of all these religions, and, and and just being a good person, I think those things shine through um, in all of them, and they're very similar if you look at it like that, you know. So it's it's to me, it's 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 a lot of, you know, when I see people use religion to hurt others, you know, that to mm-hmm. me is like the a lot of times the majority of how religion is used nowadays. But I also see sometimes, you know, the other opposite end. It's like hey, this person believes in this religion, and because of that, um, they feel very strongly to do these, you know, great uh, great works, right? Or, or uh, you know, doing unto others, right? And so, um, but then they don't, they don't um, have to brag about it, or they don't have to, you right. know, do it in, in, in a loud manner. It's just like, this is what, you know... Um, there was a song that we used to sing when I was like very little. It said something about, uh, you, they will know we are Christian by our love, right? It's, mm. it's not how you say things or, you know, look at me. It's just like through your actions, people will know, you, you know what? That person has some kind of, you know, spirituality or that person is connected in that way. So I don't know. It's just kind of like a, a kind of overarching, you know, my view of, of how I see, you know, religion, mm-hmm. but. I think you're right. And, and it's like anything else in life. No matter what the value system is, no matter what the belief system is, it can serve you as a person or it can be used to divide. It can work either way. It just depends on how you decide yes. to use it. So, yeah. you know, no matter what the system is, it's really up to you to be the person to okay. be in control of your own belief system and how you're going to use yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's all in moderation too, because a, a problem I see a lot of times too, especially people that have been grew up, that grew up very strict. Um, strictly religious mm-hmm. is that a lot of times they their parents let religion do the parenting for them. So they were like, oh. "Oh, okay, we're just gonna do, where you know this is this is the religion that we're in. So this, these are all the rules, and it's like, and they they just enforce the religion so so much that they they didn't really, you know, and that's when that's when people kind of grow up and they don't understand the, even the religion that they're in. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. oh, well, this is supposed to be this, but you know." For me, it's only been a burden. It's only been, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this. And it's like, you know, kind of focusing, like like you say, perception is everything. So, you know, even focusing on the wrong things of of a religion, you know, and kind of doing those things over and over again can uh, kind of be detrimental. So I think, like, just like parenting, you know, you don't want to be too strict. Then you also don't want to be, you know, their best friend. You, know, you want to have a kind of real middle ground middle ground relationship. And I think that's the same thing with, you know, religion. If you, if you treat it like a cult or you treat it like it's like, you know, and it's everything is, you know, against you or like, you know, I can't do this or you just limit yourself, you know, based on it, then you're not, you're not going to like it. And you're not going to really draw the things that you should be drawing from them. But you, you know, I think that you should really just take things, um, for the positives, right? Always. So, well, we've got two questions from Nasha, and Nasha wanted to get the question asking going, and she contributed yeah. 
twice twice the value. So let's go. Actually, it's three, <laughs> there's three questions, but two of them go together. Um, first question is, what is the true meaning of letting go of your past? What is the true meaning of letting go of your past? And and I think that's probably in the context of being a deliberate creator, uh, because one of the concepts that gets discussed is if you've got something in your past that's an old tape that's playing in your head, and uh, it's interfering yeah. with your inability to get into that what what Abraham calls that high flying place, that really good feeling place. Then you know you have to address it somehow. You have to to deal with it. So, um, but but the way she phrases it is interesting. What is the true meaning of letting go of your past? What do you guys think? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, I think uh, personally, I think that has to do with with forgiveness, forgiving and forgetting the situation or whatever, you know, is, is holding you back. It's an interesting point. Yeah. T- Tony Robbins. I'm going to bring this guy back in here. Funny, he's got <laughs> a, I wouldn't even call him a, you know, a law of attraction, you know, expert or anything of that. But a lot of the stuff that he teaches people how, how to do, it kind of gets, gets them out of their own way and that, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. and so that they can right. manifest. So one of the things he, he says is, um, to know and realize that your past does not equal your future. Mm-hmm. You know, what has, what, even if so, you've done so, something and it's happened five times that way, that doesn't have to be the sixth time that it's going to be that way. You know what I mean? Right. So like, don't, don't prejudge, um, you know, opportunities or situations. Try to really just be in the moment and, and take in what is going on at that time, you know? And I think that there's a, I talk about this all the time as far as like, uh, the things that we go through maybe and, and, and that, that are in the kind of the negative, how that they, that they grow us and they, they, they allow us to learn and build this kind of tool belt, right? That I talk about that will allow you to, um, deal with or be prepared for your blessings in the future or your, you know, whatever's coming to you, you know, positive, right? And so I think, um, the, like really the true meaning of letting go isn't forgetting everything, right? It's like all, all these things have taught you lessons. And so if, I, I, I would say that really just taking the lessons from the experiences and then letting the experience go, right? Like if it was a bad breakup, you take that lesson, like what did I learn from this? Uh, oh, I learned that this is what I do want and that I respect myself and that, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm going to put myself first. All these things, these beautiful things that you learn from it. You, you want to make sure that you get the lesson because you don't want to have the experience without the lesson because then the, the experience was for not, right? It was, it was kind of a waste. Right. And, um, so yeah, it's just taking those experiences, but then being able to, like, you, like you said, Alex, just let go of that. Like, that's not, it's not holding me anymore. That it doesn't, isn't going to determine what happens in my next relationship. Yeah. It's, but I did, you know, I did take, so it's, it's, it's a twofold. It's, it's, you do let go of those, um, of the past, um, but the past is there for a reason. All these, all those little lessons that uh, kind of will build you up to make you strong. That's true. I, I think also the past. We, we have to remember, not everything in the past is negative. There's an awful right. lot in the, in the past that is positive that we ignore and overlook. So I think mm-hmm. part of it is appreciating the past, the parts that we like, and. Yeah. Even more importantly, and this is this is perhaps where the real art comes into it, is taking the stuff that we didn't like, maybe stuff that was traumatic, maybe something that was you know truly, in some way, violating who we were, something traumatic, um, and f- seeing if there's a way that we can rewrite it in our minds, replay it, and play it in a different way, in a way that comes out the way we wanted it to come out, because that can very often provide healing. And make it easier to let go of the thing. We're talking about letting go of it. Well, okay. How do you let go of it? That's the way to do it. Right. Or that's not the only way to do it, but that is one way to do it that could be a fair, very effective. I would even um, venture to say, and this might be a little controversial, but sometimes it's good to even let go of the positive things because we can live in that too long. Also, you know, I think that I've been guilty of that, where it's like, and not to let go of it, like in the same sense of we're trying to let go of the other stuff, but. Yeah, enjoying it and having those memories, but mm-hmm. try not to linger on it because it's like life goes on, right? And so you can continue, you can continually uh, fantasize or romanticize an experience that you've had, um, and try to get back there or try to get something similar, and, and that was what it was for that time, you know. 
I think yeah. a lot of times we get disappointed and, and that's a, that's a, the, a very easy way to get disappointed is trying to relive. Oh, we, last time we went to San Diego for someone's birthday, that was great. Oh, let's do that again. And, and so you just had this expectation that's going to go that way. And you might even have a, a great time again. It just wasn't like the other time. And, and you kind of set yourself up for this kind of disappointment. So it's like, you know, and I, what I do or what I've been guilty of in the past, it was just like, oh, that went really well. And so like, I'm just going to hang on to that good feeling. And like, I, I don't need to try it again, especially if it's something scary. You know what I mean? Like, so that's a lot of times I, I try to, you know, oh yeah, it was good. And then take that, you know, take that energy and just, and then kind of leave it there and then just try it again, you know, because I've, uh, you know, you don't want to get too satisfied. You know, you, you want to have a little bit of like that, you know, that hunger. Um, so, so are you an advocate of like, uh, the idea that life is a, is a buffet and you want to just start sampling everything you can find on the buffet? I do. Yeah. I sample as much as I can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, uh, and you can, I, th I think anybody who knows me knows that, you know, just all the different <laughs> jobs that I've had, you know, and all the things, different things that I've tried and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm i I'm an open, I'm an open book for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. All right. Yeah. And then Nasha has, um, two other questions that go work together. She says, how can one heal the inner child, which, which we started to address in, in some ways, and does Neville say anything about that? And as, as you were talking, Carlos, I was thinking about that second part of the question. Does Neville actually say anything about healing the inner child? And I can't say I can think of anything that specifically addresses that, but I can mm -hmm. think of a, of a metaphor that he uses. And quite honestly, it's a metaphor that when I first read it, it kind of raised my eyebrows like, oh, really? Okay. Um, he <laughs> metaphorically equates the, the conscious mind to being male and the subconscious mind to being female. And that there is what he describes as a love relationship between the two. I mean, he, he acknowledges that they're really two parts of the same mind. It's all one mind, but it makes it easy for us to understand or easier for us to understand what's going on when we divide into conscious and subconscious. And then he likes to say that uh, if you think of it as a, as a gender thing, then the, you, you basically create a loving relationship between the two. It's a very intimate relationship between the conscious and subconscious mind. Now he also has some metaphorical meanings that go along with that. And it gets, this is where you need to have the Neville Dakota ring to kind of make sense out of it. But that's the closest <laughs> I can, that, that's the closest I can think of to him addressing the inner child because from his perspective, anything that you're putting into your subconscious mind, you want to do lovingly and gently. And, and that's an inner child thing, I would think. Um, it's not really so much about, you know, healing the inner child. It's more, it's more like, um, you know, how, how do you work with, the inner child. How do you work with the conscious and subconscious mind? And his answer is mm -hmm. gently and lovingly. So it's close, not quite the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's interesting too. I think that we we're constantly trying to do that, right? Is trying to heal that inner child. And I mm -hmm. think that, like I, I I I joined the podcast yesterday. Was it yesterday? And, I think it was. Uh, yeah. To ask to ask a question. It's like, and that was it. it was like, man, like I been thinking this specific way for so long and then it kind of you know hit me out of left field that that's not reality that's just that was all made up in my mind right and so i just think that we constantly are trying to you know thrive for more and more consciousness and more and more uh awakening i, I guess you call it and so um the first step you're already on right it's like hey i realize that this is a thing and and you know you just kind of try to constantly work work at it and it's just like a muscle like you go to the, the gym and you work out and it's same mm -hmm. thing it's, it's like the more that you use it and the more that you train your mind and it just becomes easier to to you know elevate from that <clears throat> and another thing that i think is huge is uh, to not to kind of keep moving forward and, and to heal that inner child is uh um just, just constantly you know evaluating your relationships because i feel like uh, as you grow in awakening and sometimes not everybody can, you know, function on your level. And, and so just knowing, you know, um, don't not letting people drag you down into low mm -hmm. vibration, just trying to stay as, as high, uh, in the vibrations as possible and then bring, bring others up with you if you can, you know, like that's, 
that's ultimately you know what you would want. But you know, some people just they just can't they can't even fathom the level of consciousness that you're that you're at. They're just working at a completely different level, and so right. Um, um, yeah, just kind of being aware of that and, and, and yeah, just, it's a constant process, I would say. Deidre, uh, made a, a comment regarding the, the Neville part of the discussion and Deidre, I'm, I'm really interested to know if, if you know what the source, which of Neville's books he wrote this in, cause I don't recognize it exactly the way you described it. She says, I'm thinking of something Neville says about the only time is now and that the past is just memories. Don't look back as Lot's wife did, who turned to salt. Salt being a preservative, not letting go is preserving it. It's interesting, but I, I don't remember that. I, not, I have not read all of Neville's books, so I'm really curious to know which book that's in, if you, if you happen to know. If you don't know the answer, it's okay. But uh, if you happen to know that, I'm going to be curious to know where it is, because I want to see that. And then we also had a question, well, it's sort of a, a commentary and a question from Aliyah. And Aliyah says, I used to get bullied in high school. I have learned to love myself, but how do I get rid of those beliefs in my subconscious mind that stop me from living my life the way I want to? I care way too much about what people think about me, constantly scared of people bashing me, and I know that I need to let those old beliefs go, but I don't know how. Uh, And first of all, I think anybody here listening in and participating can be sympathetic because high school can be a kind of a rough time the way some people treat other people in high school. So the fact that you're a Facts. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I said facts. Facts. Oh, yes, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, any ideas, though, on, on what she can do? She says she's been learning to love herself, and that's good. I would say keep doing that. But any other ideas for mm-hmm. her, you know, helping her to, yeah. as she says, get rid of those beliefs in her subconscious mind to stop her from living the life the way she wants to? Well, that's what I just started doing the other day and i think uh and i'll be bring it up here because if you weren't listening yet to yesterday's podcast but I, I i had uh joined and asked um one it was patty right i think mm-hmm. was her name. yep patty. patty about i had something similar it wasn't about bullying really it was just about how i grew up thinking about the expectations that women have for men that they date or their significant other so i had this you know, like like you, I had this very um, these subconscious, you know, beliefs that just, and I know that I have them. You just kind of have to try to let them go, right? So it is hard, um, but yeah, just loving yourself, and and then I I have found that um, the more transparent that I am with those who are close to me, mm-hmm. the more myself I will feel. So like. I know that even, you know, being subconscious, even the people that are, you know, closest to you, there's certain things that you don't even tell them. It's like, oh, I'm embarrassed. You, you like to control the, the way that people perceive you. And, and, and that's, that's, that's the kind of the control that you have because, you know, as uh, in high school, yeah, when there's people bullying, there's not a lot of control. So it's like that, you know, when you kind of get out of that, that's, you, people like to hold on to that control of, of how people perceive them. But when you start to let a little bit of that go, um, you know, yeah, like my tell your best, you know, best friend, hey, actually, I know that, I don't know, whatever it is, like, hey, I know that, you know, I seem like I'm, you know, this, but it's like, this is something that bothers me and stuff. And then you, you start to realize it's like, oh, that person's not judging you, you know, they're, they're accepting you for who you are. And so you start, you start close with the people who are close to you and just come become a little bit more and more transparent. And then... See, I, my goal, because I'm not even there, you know, I'm very in the infancy of this, but my goal is I want to just be able to tell anybody anything without any, you know, embarrassment about anything, you know, or just be uh, completely open. Oh, yeah, this happened to me. And it's just because, you know, that to me is, you know, ultimate freedom is, you know, mm-hmm. the lack of fear. And that's kind of what that is, is, is fear of judgment. Right. And so. Right. Um, yeah, I would say just that's that's my advice. Is that that or that's what I've been doing. So I can't even tell you that this is concrete advice. But you know, <laughs> as somebody who's who's going through it, yeah, this is what I'm trying. You know, and just um, try, yeah, try try to kind of lift that shame or that embarrassment over. And, you know, and everybody has little secrets, right? And so mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, that maybe maybe try that. Maybe that'll help you out to to kind of. Um, love yourself even more, you know. Yeah, that's good. 
Um, uh, Essie actually gave a response to Aaliyah. She said, uh, um, daily positive affirmations to get those beliefs out of your system. And that's true. Positive affirmations can help with that. In fact, one thing we've talked about on quite a few of the podcasts is mirror exercises. Talk about Jack Canfield. He's mm-hmm. the one who presented the idea of mirror exercises that I saw for the first time. There may have been others who did. Um, but mirror exercises are a wonderful way to build self-esteem. And Aaliyah was, was talking about how she's been working on, on having learned to, to love herself. Well, that's a way to, to build it up even more. Nothing like looking into your own eyes in the mirror and saying to yourself, I love you, especially the first time. <laughs> the first time, it's like, oh, God, do I really have to say this? No. <laughs> but when you do it on a regular basis, I mean, we're going to have somebody on um, probably one of these Sundays. Anne-Marie's husband, Mike, has been doing it now for, I guess, almost like two months and he's telling me that the change that he's been experiencing is like a world of change. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I've experienced it myself. I did it for about 45 days in a row, something like that. And it did a lot what? for me. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with this. Mirror you exercises. Just, you, literally, you, it, it's something you do every single day. You, you devote as much time as you can. It doesn't have to be a lot of time. My, my very first session lasted five seconds. So it doesn't give you, you know, it's not like it's a whole lot of time. Um, you try to go for more than five seconds as you're doing it day by day. But literally, you look in the mirror, or you can actually do it with just a smartphone, just like you're taking a selfie, look in the camera so you can see yourself. And you look into your own eyes, and then you talk to yourself. You have a conversation with yourself. And the purpose of it is to build yourself up by telling you all the things that you like about what you're doing, what you're thinking, uh, you know, what kinds of efforts you've been making, uh, how you've been treating people, you know, all the, all the good things that you've been doing in life. Just to reassure yourself and, and remind yourself, you're a really good person. You're special. You're a fabulous person. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to have good things happen. And when you say that to yourself over and over and over again, day after day after day, you know, I, I, you don't have to do it a lot in terms of a long period of time each day. I would do it for like, you know, two or three minutes a day, which is plenty. You do that for two or three minutes right. every single day, you, you're going to start feeling results. It's going to happen. For me, one of the big results I got, you know, that negative chatter that, that shows up in your head, uh, you know, the yeah. negative thoughts that come out of nowhere and they're hounding you and they're bugging you. Negative chatter went yep. away completely. My, my, the negative chatter blanked out after 30 days. It was gone entirely. And I, I was just kind of grooving on, wow, my mind is so quiet these days. <laughs> it was really nice. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that. Yeah. I'll it's good. It. It's, it's a really good exercise. It's very powerful. The hardest part is just getting through the first couple of days where you're saying, oh God, do I really have to say that to myself? <laughs> it's very cringy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but once you get past that, and even if you're just doing a few seconds each day, at least you're, you're doing it. You know, the main thing is establishing yeah. that habit. But after you do it for two or three days, all of a sudden it gets easier. It's like, yeah, all right. So I'm, it's a little bit stupid that I'm saying this, but and you start making arguments like that. But at least you're doing it. You know, you're, you're actively doing the daily exercise, and that's what you really need. The daily exercise is where it starts turning around your own image of yourself and your own mind, both consciously and subconsciously. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I recommend highly mirror exercise. It's very, very powerful. Cool. So, yeah, Deidre asks, is that what it's called, mirror exercises? Yeah, in fact, let me see. I'll, I'll see if I can find the uh, blog post. Jack Canfield uh, posted something about mirror exercises, and let me see if I can get that. I'll just post it into the chat here for people who are watching the live stream. Yeah, here it is. So that's going in right now. All right. And Bronwyn has already volunteered that she's going to start doing the Murexes. Good for you. All right. Oh, well, Nasha is asking questions like crazy. Her next question, <laughs> her next question is a paradigm shift. How do we do that? And does it take time? Interesting question. I guess it depends what you mean by a paradigm shift. Because a paradigm I mean, shift I... could be for yourself or it could be for, like, you know, a society. I'm not sure what you have in mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think it, I think it takes a little while because, uh, and it doesn't, there's not any set time, but like for me, I think when I shoot, when she said that a paradigm that I've had to shift is what, um, like what does success mean for me as like an adult, you know, and it's like, or in success and career. Right. And so like the paradigm was, or, or just, you know, society is, you know, if you're an artist, they're like, Oh, 
you know, people ask you, well, what if you don't make it? You know, but if you're an engineer, nobody asks you that, right? Nobody's like, oh, right, what if, right. What if you don't, what if you don't make it? It's like, you know, but it's, it's because of, yeah, it's this, this paradigm that we have. It's like, you know, uh, you do this, you go to school for this amount of time, you go, and then, okay, and everything's, you know, in this little box, in these little boxes, right? Uh, and then you have to, you know, come to realize that that's, uh, that's deception. That's not how we're all, you know, made, uh, so uniquely um, for us to all, you know, then try to fit in the same suit. Like it just doesn't, that's deception. That's not reality. And so mm-hmm. that's a huge part. And, and it's just something that I struggle with still to this day. It's like just making that, Hey, this is just as much as a, a reality, um, you know, acting and comedy. This is just as much of a reality as being an engineer for people who are good at those things. Right. Like this person is good at math and, so yeah, there's a great possibility that he's going to be a successful engineer just as much as, you know, with other gifts, you know, um, there's just that possibility of being an actor or a comedian or a musician or whatever. There's, um, you know, a lot of people like to project their own fears on you. And so that's another thing. It's like, you know, and, and, and imagine when all of society has that same fear and they're telling you that, that it's very difficult. And so it's, that's to me, um, is what makes it difficult, but, I think the more, um, I guess, awakened or conscious you become, the easier it is to get to separate the outside noise. And it's like, okay, that, you know, what does that have to do with me? Is what I, I, like, I like to ask when, when somebody's like, oh, that's really hard. Um, or, oh, you know, that's, that probably won't happen because I tried that. Or I, I knew somebody did that and it didn't work out for them. <laughs> what does that got to do with me? You know what I mean? Like, that's, 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 <laughs> Just like my past doesn't equal my future, your past doesn't equal my future either. You know what I mean? That's really <laughs> kind of figure that out. But uh, I mean, hopefully that's that's an example. I don't know if uh, you know it's very hard to say how long a paradigm shift will take and how open you are to that too. You know what I mean? Like that's another thing is you have to be open to it and, and you have to kind of ride through the uncomfortableness and the struggle because it's not going to be just like, Oh, okay. Well now I thought, I thought this for 30 years and now I'm going to think this, you know, <laughs> it, 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 there is that, you know, constant, Oh, well, your mind kind of reversing. You have to adjust and you have to like, you know, keep adjusting and, and realigning and realigning and realigning. So it also depends what you mean by a paradigm, I think, but a paradigm for me is something that plays a major role in your life, mm-hmm. which is a fairly broad definition. Um, right. So, so when you're trying to make a paradigm shift, you're trying to make a major shift in your life. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of ways I think you can have, you can look at that. One of my favorite ways to look at it is the way Abraham describes it, and the the cliche that gets repeated so often, but it's really true, is when Abraham said, "It is just as easy." to manifest a castle as it is to manifest a button. Mm-hmm. And it's true. So the, so when you're trying to answer the question of how do you make the quantum shift and how long will it take to make the quantum shift, you know, how long, long will it take to make the, uh, uh, the, the major shift that you're looking for in your life, the answer is how long is it going to take you to get on and stay on that positive track for attracting it in the first place? Because when you're on that track, I mean, if you really get on that track and you're really in a belief mode, like, yeah, I believe it's going to happen. In fact, I don't have any doubt in the world. The universe loves speed. The universe will deliver really, really quickly if you really, really believe it. The only reason that that we have any kind of delay is because of our doubts and our concerns mm-hmm. and our worries and and you know, focusing on, oh, well, what if it doesn't work? And, you know, the, oh, well, the other part, too, is so many of the requests we make, we make from a perspective of lack and we don't realize it. That's why so many of the conversations and, and pieces of advice and guru tips and so forth are about making sure that you're in the feeling place about the thing that you want. Because if you put out a wish and you wish it from the point of view, from the from the emotional feeling viewpoint of I don't have it, you are going to get back. You won't have it. Okay. I promise you, you will not get it. <laughs> That's the universe's <laughs> reply. I, I swear to God, I, I, I promise under no circumstance will you get it. <laughs> and we don't realize it. We don't often, we often don't realize we're putting out that kind of a vibrational signature, but so often we are. So, you know, how, how do you make a, a major shift happen? A paradigm shift? 
you do it by believing it and by living it and thinking it and making it your life. And how long will it take? How long will it take for you to stay there and believe it? That's it. Mm-hmm. Really, in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's the hard part, though. That's that's where it comes into, like, the realigning and realigning because it's like that's the doubt is what you're, you're, you're saying is the, the doubt is the, the killer of, of manifest, manifestation, right? So it's like, um, that's why I think it does take a little bit. I mean, if, if you could, if you have that ability, that's great that you can just shift an entire way of thinking or something completely, you know, different in your life and just go after it. Um, but sometimes, yeah, so it just takes a little work, but I think, uh, one thing is, make make the decision you know if it like you said if it is a is a if it's a huge thing in your life the, what i'm saying isn't like hey kind of do it and then think about it and then kind of you know release a little bit of doubt at a time no 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 i'm talking you know you have to make a decision because not making a decision also is also a decision so yes it is you know you want to <laughs> yes, you want to make you want to make that decision and then a lot of people, so this is, this is I'm going to share this with you guys because my, my dad shared this with me and I've listened to this or I've kind of had this in my brain for a long time. But a lot of times when we have to make a hard decision, life decision, we don't because we're afraid. You know, we're afraid of making the wrong decision. But once I learned this, there is no wrong decision, right? It's like you make the decision, you make the best decision that you can at the time and then you deal with the consequences and, and, you make it the right decision, right? It's like you have a lot of people think that after making a choice, they the power, their power kind of goes away and now they're stuck. <laughs> but you have to understand is that you are a deliberate creator throughout the whole process. So if any time throughout that choice, something isn't going right, like you have the ability to move and adjust and, and you, and you have, um, you know, there's probably infinite ways of doing that one decision. So, you know, not to get kind of really hampered on on um, whether you should do it or not. Make a decision, and then that's and that's a part of like not having the doubts. Because once you make the decisions, you can't. You know, it's it's very hard to go backwards a lot of times if it is a true paradigm shift. You can't just quit your job and be like, oh no, I'm just kidding. A month later, you know, it's like now you're in it. <laughs> you, got, you almost have no choice but to believe. So. Just kind of the, the more the more deliberate you are, um, you're, you just naturally have less doubt, you know. So 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 be as deliberate as you can to give yourself the best shot. So even when even if and when those things do come into your head, you're like like a lot. When I have doubt, I'm like, well, I maybe oh I don't know about this acting thing, but then I know for a hundred percent that I don't want to do what I was doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's almost like I might not be a hundred percent, but I know a hundred percent I don't want to go back. So that that for me is just enough sometimes to to you know uh, kind of propel me forward. <laughs> you know, the, the the whole question about how much time it's going to take is one that I've thought about a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the more I think about it, the more I realize it just comes down to us. Because yeah, I mean I, I've. I've manifested things literally in a split second. So there's no rush, but there's also no automatic built in delay time. It's, it's just, it's whatever you are willing to let it in for the, the, the only thing that Mm -hmm. that stops it is our own resistance points, things that we, we doubt that we don't feel comfortable about that, you know, it it rubs us the wrong way or what's happening is rubbing us the wrong way or what's that? What about timing? I feel like people don't talk about divine timing or anything like that, but it's like, yeah, I want to manifest this right now, but again, your life has a lot of layers to it. So, like, having something right now maybe isn't what you need, and that doesn't mean that you're not manifesting and it's not coming to you. It's just like, you know... It's just not meant for you right now. That's right. I want a baby and I want a wife. Okay, well... I would like to have one before the other, you know what I mean? But I'm, but I'm manifesting <laughs> both of those things. You know, right. I'm both of those things at the same time, but it's like, yeah, like the, the universe isn't going to uh, kind of skip over one and just, you know, put your life in the shambles, right? You, 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 you are getting things that you are manifesting, but you're getting them, you know, usually kind of in this, in this flow or in this order, like, you know, Walt talks about this river that, you know, so it's, 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 uh, 
I try to keep that in mind because that little bit of patience and knowing that um, allows me to vibrate at a higher vibration and allows me to manifest more things. You know, I think a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, frustration is also a very, you know, uh, negative emotion that a lot of us feel. And so trying to stay out of that, trying to stay out of frustration as mm-hmm. much as you can, you know, and that kind of sets you up for success, you know. Well, you mentioned the stream concept, and there are actually two metaphors that come out of that that are really helpful. One is a stream is made up of water. And if you think about water and this, the second concept, the second concept is the path of least resistance. Water is the ideal medium for finding the path of least resistance. Because you can have a whole bunch of obstacles in the way, and then you just flow water to it, and the water will just find its way through all the cracks without any effort at all. It'll just find its way through. No, no big deal at all. So when you understand it that way, uh, it's not that necessarily that it takes time or, the, or that there's divine timing. It's just what's the path of least resistance? The path of least resistance may take some time to get through, but that's just because right. it's the path of least resistance. You know, so, and, and the other aspect of it too, and this is a, a water thing, uh, it's an Abraham story about how Jerry and Esther decided one day to take a river raft trip. I think it was down the Colorado River. And so they go to the, to the river and they have a, you know, there's a, a, a guide uh, company that, that takes you on the river raft and they, they have you sign waivers and so forth. And then uh, they, they, they go to the end spot and they park all their cars there and they get into a, a, a company bus or whatever and get driven up the river to where they're going to go in. And then they're, they're going to uh, ride the rapids and ride the river down to the end spot. And, there are two aspects of that. The first is that the guide warns them that this is not Disneyland. He can't turn the river off. So you have to be respectful of the river. The second is that uh, Abraham creates a what if scenario. What if Esther and Jerry said to the guide, you know, after we've heard about how rough the river is and all that, we're wondering, could you just drive us back down to the end spot? And put us out like 200 yards out, and we'll just ride the last 200 yards in. And the guy, <laughs> the guide would say, "Well, yeah, I can do that, but I thought you wanted to ride the river." And that's the point. The point is, I, mm-hmm. I thought you wanted to live the life. Mm-hmm. You know, is it all you want is the end result, or do you want what leads up to the end result? Because what right. leads up to the end result, that's where all the living is that takes place. And that, that I think, is where mm-hmm. your point was going. Carlos, the idea of divine timing. Divine yeah, timing is really about living the life. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the, that's the biggest paradigm shift that I think any of us can have is the the realization that the journey um, is everything. You know, like mm. I think when you're little, you're like, oh, I can't wait to, I, you know, when you're yeah, when you're little. Everybody thinks about skipping time. They're like, oh, I <laughs> wish I could skip to being an adult already. I wish I could be 21 already and everybody's like looking for these, you know, milestones, but it's like, then you get to an age or, or maybe it's not an age thing. Maybe it's just like a, just like I said, a paradigm or a realization where it's like, oh wow. Like if I continuously think about when I get here, then I'll have this or when I, it's like, no, 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 I have it. This is it. This is what I, you know, like, and that's what made me, um, you know, make the career decision I made. It's like, because I was doing that. I was like, oh, well, when I have, you know, once I get to whatever, and it's just like, man, this is, this is sucking every day until I get there. It doesn't, doesn't, you know, make a lot of sense to me, right? Like, um, so now, yeah, if the journey is enjoyable, then, you know, the end will be just as enjoyable. You know, you don't have to wait uh, to start enjoying life (laughs) for any specific moment. That's true. Well, as usual, our, our hour has flown past, but this has been really good. We've had some good questions, and thank you very much to our listeners in the uh, to the live stream on the Facebook Law of Attraction Change My Life group because um, you made it that much more special. And Alice and Carlos, uh, I'll be talking to each of you for different podcasts on Friday. Yeah, yeah, cool. So that's going to be good <laughs> stuff. We'll see you all then, and we hope that you'll join us next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.